just want to jump in. I've just been really um, challenged by the Lord here over the last few weeks just about believing. Look at your neighbor and say, believe. 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 You know, we see that everywhere. We see it on T-shirts. We see it on posters. You go to um, SeaWorld, I believe, a couple years ago, and that was the theme, believe. And um, do you believe in Shamu? I didn't understand it all totally, but everything is believe. Believe this. Believe that. It's hard to believe. You know, people say that all the time. That's hard to believe. What does that mean? That means it's difficult for me to wrap my mind around it and to receive it. But you know, the word of the Lord today is, if you believe it, then you can receive it. Somebody say that. If you believe it, then you can receive it. And the two go hand in hand. You have to believe, then you receive. Come on, somebody. The world wants you to think that it's the other way around, that once you've got it in your hand, then it's real. How many know it's real because God says it's real? Amen? And if we'll grab a hold of the word of God and know that, then we can receive the promises of God. I've told you, I've told you, and I'm going to keep telling you. I'm going to declare this until December 31st at 1159 and 59 seconds. I'm going to declare that 2018 is the year of manifestation. Somebody say it like you believe it today. 2018 is the year of manifestation that means that everything that God promised everything that was prophesied over you everything that you've been praying for it is going to show up come on somebody oh pastor you say that all the time and you know what things just didn't get better in my life nothing showed up matter of fact it got worse how many can testify today? If we were having a testimony service for the devil, how many know it would be powerful this morning? But you know, as funny as that sounds, churches do that every week. They have testimony service for the devil. People get up and they start talking about, man, the devil's been kicking my teeth in this week. Everything's been going wrong. This is, I lost that. I lost this. This isn't working. That's not working. Bless his holy name. That's what you might as well say. Because when you talk about all that the enemy has stolen from you, when you talk about how the enemy's been attacking, when you talk about everything that's gone wrong, what you're doing is you're glorifying that thing that you're talking about. You realize that. What you talk about, I said it before, what you talk about, you will think about what you think about will show up and manifest. That's what you'll talk about it. Then you'll celebrate it. You'll tolerate it. You'll celebrate it. And then it manifests, right? And that's what happens. So many times we start talking about things and start declaring things over our life, not even realizing that what we're doing is we're speaking those things into existence. Now, I've been teased my whole life. Because I was, a, I was a, a faith fanatic from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I went to Oral Roberts University. And I had pastors tease me, believe it or not. Ministers that I worked on staff with, the senior pastors of the church, calling me a charismaniac. And making fun of me because I, I was one of those blab it and grab it Christians. Name it and claim it. Because I believe the word of God. Come on, somebody. If I don't believe everything that is in this book right here, then I'm not going to teach it. 
If I don't believe that it's true and that it's for my life and that it's going to come to pass, then I'm not going to teach it. If I can't stand on this and I can't believe it, then it's not worth saying anything out of it. You either believe all of it or nothing. Look at somebody and say all or nothing. Come on, that's more than just a TV show about the Dallas Cowboys. It's all or nothing. And that's what God is looking for. He's looking for somebody that will believe all or nothing. And that's the word of the Lord that believe. And so many times we start with a little belief, but we don't carry it out to the end. If you heard today that the Powerball was at $150 million and the last five winners were in North Richland Hills at a little 7-Eleven, I know what would take place. As soon as I said amen, matter of fact, some of you would be doing the church of God in Christ's finger and you'd be tipping out before that. If you knew that the last five people that bought a ticket won something at a 7-Eleven in North Richland Hills and the Powerball was at $150 million, how many think, I don't care who you are, you would be circling around to North Richland Hills and there would be a line at that 7-Eleven. Just go ahead and give me one. I've never done it before. Because everybody puts their faith in something they can see. They put their faith in things that they have no business putting their faith in. But we don't believe in the one that we're supposed to believe in. It's amazing. I've just been stirred and challenged all week. Because we call ourselves what? Believers. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? We call it, are you a believer? We call ourselves believers, but we don't believe in the one that we're supposed to believe in. It's the saddest thing that when God says something to you and God declares something over your life, we put doubt and fear above the faith in God's word. And I'm preaching to the choir right now because there's times when I've done that, but I've tried my best not to. Kenneth Hagin used to say years ago, I'm not moved by what I see or feel, but I'm moved by faith in the Son of God. And how many believe that that has to be our mantra? That we're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what we feel. Come on, so many times the church and, and believers are predicated on what we feel. I feel like doing this. I didn't feel like doing that. I don't feel led to do this. You want to feel led? Then grab the end of a pencil. If you're not going to do anything that God tells you to do unless you feel led, then just grab the end of a pencil and then there, you felt it. And if that doesn't help, I'll poke you in the rear end and then you'll really feel led. That's what some people just, I'm not going to do that unless I feel led. Come on, if God commanded you to do it or if God even, come on, I'm, I'm not just following the Ten Commandments. I'm not just following the commands of Jesus. I'm going with the suggestions. Come on, somebody. I'm going with the, if he suggested, I'm going with the recommendations. Isn't that amazing that we'll ask people, now there's a little button on Facebook, recommend. I'm looking for a recommendation of a good plumber in the area. I want a good Thai restaurant. And we let all these strangers recommend somewhere that we're going to go put our faith in what they said and we're going to go there. How many of you have done that when someone said, you need to try this restaurant? You've asked them, have you ever eaten there? Is it any good? Oh, yeah, it's good. Man, that's the best Mexican food in town. And you go there and it's, the salsa tastes like dishwater. 
I went here on your recommendation and I spent my good money for this because you recommended it. And I put faith in you, but we won't put faith in the word of God. Yesterday, we were supposed to do the dive-in movie over at the Fuller's place. And it rained and rained like cats and dogs all week. And I'm like, oh, man. And I'm out there. My, I have special faith for weather. I, if, I, if God tells me to do something, I have special faith, and I will stand firm, and I will believe. I remember around this time last year, we were having the block party, and everyone, oh, it's raining. We can't do it. We're not going to be able to do it. It's raining. I'm saying, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. It's going to stop raining. No, it's not going to stop. Look at this. It's a hurricane in Houston. It's not going to stop. What happened? It stopped raining. And you guys played out there in the dry, didn't you? It's amazing. Yesterday, after it had rained all week, and everyone's like, oh, we can't do it. It's going to rain. And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, it's going to stop raining at a certain time. We'll be able to get there, get everything set up, and we'll have a wonderful night. No, 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 it's going to rain. My wife's phone and my phone on the same exact app. Am I telling the truth? On the same exact app, she's like, look, you see right here, it's going to rain until 7, 8 o'clock. I said, no, mine says it's going to stop raining at 5. She said, no, it's, look, it says it right there. It's raining 6, 7, it's 8, it's going to rain. I said, mine says it's going to stop raining at 5. And she said, what app are you using? I don't trust that app on the iPhone. I trust the Weather Channel. I'm like, I'm on the Weather Channel. And she's like, no, th this app right here. I said, I'm on that app. We held our phones side by side. Am I telling the truth? And her phone said rain up till 7, 8 o'clock. And mine said it was done at 5. And I said, that's because, huh? Yeah, yeah 4. And, and it was going to be cloudy. And, you know, no, like 20% chance. And I said, that's because your phone doesn't have any faith. And my phone has faith. And she's like, no, -uh. we looked at it side by side, same exact app, same city, same town, everything. And am I telling the truth? Yes. <laughs> and she's like, she just kept saying, how is that? How is that? I said, because I have faith. Come on. And you know what happened? After we canceled the event, after I didn't say we, after the event was canceled, I went outside around movie time and it was absolutely gorgeous. It was nice and balmy. It was the sky was clear. You could see the stars and it was warm outside. And I thought this would have been a perfect night to be watching a movie in the pool. Come on, somebody. I'm not moved by what I see or what I feel. Come on, somebody. You've got to be moved by faith in the Son of God. And you have to believe. The word of the Lord is believe until the end. Believe until the end. Hold on. Lay hold to that faith. Hold on to that confession, that profession of faith. And don't waver. Don't doubt. Hold on to it. There's a story of a man that was caught in a flood. I thought I'd share this since it's been raining and flooding everywhere. Man was caught in a flood and the news went out, said, everybody evacuate, get out of your houses. All of a sudden, about that time, some neighbors came by in a truck and they honked the horn. They said, hey, come on out here. We'll take you out of town. He said, no, I believe that God is going to save me. And so they left. And then a little bit later, the water started to rise and started to get up to his doorstop. And about that time, a neighbor came by paddling on a canoe and came up to him and said, come on, get in. I want to take you to save. 
safety. He says, no, I believe the Lord is going to save me. And the waters kept rising and rising. And by this time, he had to move up to the second story. And a policeman saw him out his window and came up on a motorboat, came up to him and said, buddy, come on, get in. He said, no, go on, save somebody else. I believe that. The Lord is going to save me. And he kept going and kept going. The waters kept rising. And there he was on top of his house. And a helicopter came. And the rescuers climbed down the rope ladder and said, give me your hand. I'll save you. And he said, no, the Lord is going to save me. About that time, the house buckled and the man was drowned. And he went to heaven. And he stood before the Lord and said, Lord, I had faith. I believe that you were going to save me. Why did you let me down? And the Lord looked at him and said, I sent a truck, a canoe, a boat, and a helicopter. What more did you want? And so many times people put their faith in something and they think that it's God and they put their faith in things, but yet we're not open to what God is doing in our life. Come on, somebody's going to get blessed today. God wants to do some things in your life, and you've got to be open, and you can't be moved by what you see, what's going on around. You've got to have faith that God is a man of his word, and that he is going to manifest everything that he promised. Amen? Mark chapter 9, verse 22 through 24. This is a a familiar passage of scripture here. This is about a boy that had an evil spirit. And the evil spirit, it says here in verse 22, it often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. How many know he was having a bad day? Could you imagine as a parent that you have this thing going on and your child is just being violently abused by this evil spirit and throwing him into the fire, throwing him into the water, trying to kill him. And then he says to Jesus, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And then Jesus says this, if you can, somebody say, if you can, echo Jesus, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. He says, if you can, in other words, he's saying, if you can believe, if you can get your faith in the place where you can trust what I'm saying, if you can believe, then all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the Bible says, immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And if I had to do a second title to this message today, it would be, I do believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. How many of us have been there before? Lord, I believe you. I know that you're a man of your word. I know you're going to do what you said. I know that you're able to do that, but just help my unbelief because I've got this thing here that just doesn't line up. I believe that you are God. I believe that you're going to do what you said, but there's something that's just causing me to shift a little bit. There's something that's causing me to not believe. There's something that says, help my unbelief. And if you study this out in the Greek, you will see that he's basically saying, I have the capacity to believe but i need you to boost that up a little bit how many remember getting booster shots come on you you young folks don't know about that but the the older folks they got real ones i mean 
It was about the size of this this uh, microphone. How many remember that? Any of you guys got the marks? Anybody got a mark on their arm? My mother and gra- my grandmother used to have a circle mark about that that big around, about the size of a dime. And that was the mark that they got their booster shots. I mean, they would like put this drinking straw and they would give them a boost of the vitamins and everything they need. And they would do that when they came to school. And then they would look at the kids and they would look at their arm and they'd look for that mark. And they'd say, okay, you can come to school because you have that mark, because you've had a boost. Your uh, immune system has been boosted. And that's what we need. How many know we need that from time to time? We need a booster of faith. That's what happens when you come to church, I hope. (laughs) Romans 10, 17 says what? What does it say? Faith comes by, by what? Hearing. By hearing. Faith comes by hearing. But you know what? It doesn't stop there because how many know that faith comes by hearing, but fear, doubt, and unbelief, the opposite of faith, also comes by hearing. Can I get an amen? Because when you hear news, how many have ever turned on the news and you hear another school shooting today? And then all of a sudden, how many are afraid to send your kids to school? How many are afraid to go to school? Because you think, man, somebody's going, somebody's going to shoot up the place. Somebody's, if faith can come by hearing, then fear, doubt, and unbelief can come by hearing. And sometimes we begin to doubt things. We begin to do these things because we heard somebody say something. I tried this. It didn't work. I had that. My, my mother was diagnosed with that, and she died. So then when you get a diagnosis of that, what do you think? It's all over. It's not going to work. But the Bible says so then faith comes by hearing and hearing what by the word of God so we need to make sure that what we're listening to is the word of God we need to make sure that we're feeding our faith and starving our doubts to death come on somebody and I'm telling you if you'll get this today it's going to change your life it's going to revolutionize your life and we see that after this, this boy was healed, everything was made right, and it all came from believing. Somebody say believing. And we've got to believe that we receive. We can't stop right there. We've got to believe that we receive. Jesus looked after that. He said, I believe it. And then Jesus said, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. All these people were just coming and they had all these things going on, but they had to believe in something. If you don't believe in something, you're going to believe in something else. Come on. People always believe in something. You attach your faith to something. It might as well be the word of God because the word of God is true. Can I get an amen right there? I wrote this down. This was a saying I heard years ago, and I know I'm quoting a lot of Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth E. Hagin Sr. was just a, an apostle of the faith movement, and he really believed that the word of God was true. And he used to say this, keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep the switch of faith turned on. 
I've been in houses before where there's been a GFI switch or something, and it's like this switch has to stay on all the time. And if this switch goes off, then everything dies. How many know what I'm talking about? You have to keep this switch on. And they'll put tape over it, and they'll put signs up there. Do not turn this off, because if you flip this switch, nothing else will work. How many have seen Christmas Vacation? One of my favorite movies, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And Chevy Chase is out there, and he's put all those Christmas lights all over the house and he takes the plugs and he puts them together and nothing happens how many seen that part and they just can't figure it out he's gone and he's checking all the connections everything's gone and he looks and there's this big ball of plugs in the house and everything is plugged and he can't figure it out and someone walks in and flips the switch and the lights come on and then they go in get something out of the refrigerator they come back switch the lights off and the, all the Christmas lights go off you have to have that switch on for the power to work and I'm telling you today we need to learn to keep the switch of faith turned on no matter what we see no matter what's going on in our life no matter what has not happened yet keep the switch of faith turned on look at your neighbor and say that keep the switch of faith turned on Keep the switch of faith turned on. You've got to do that. You can't be moved by things that aren't going right. You've got to keep the switch of faith turned on because what that does, it doesn't do anything. Now, I'm going to say something that might be a little, a little um, out there. And some of you might think it's heresy, but it's not. Keeping the switch of faith turned on doesn't do anything for God. Believing and staying in faith isn't what magically makes God. How many know God is not a genie? You can't rub a bottle and get what you want. You can't throw a dice and get what you want. Just because you say something doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to happen. That's not how it works. Look at your name and say, it don't work like that. But what happens is keeping the switch of faith turned on is so you can get the power. It's for you because God already done it. If he promised you something, if he gave you a word, he's already done it. He's already healed you. He's already delivered you. He already saved you. He already did it. He's already provided for you. 2,000 years ago on Calvary, he said, it is finished. The work I came to do, it's done. It's finished. It's already been done. We have to keep the switch of faith on so we can receive it. If you have your Bible, go to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. I want to read a, a, a story here about Daniel who's believing for something. And this is what happens. An angel of the Lord came to him. And this is what happened. I, I'm reminded of this when I was thinking about how we believe and we stand and we don't see things happen right away. And we get all jacked up because I prayed for something. I came down to the altar. The pastor laid hands on me. He gave me a word. He said, thus saith the Lord. And two weeks later, nothing's happened. He's a prophet lion. And we got to run him out of town. Come on, somebody, some people think like that. Well, pastor, you know, you said this over me and it, it hasn't come to pass. I, I've been wondering what's going on. What's going on? Are you, are you, were you on it or did you have pizza last night? Here it is. Daniel chapter 10, verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me 
which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands as he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. And that's the first thing. I just want to drop that right there. Many of you that are here today and you're believing God for something and it just hasn't come to pass yet. How many know the first thing that the enemy tries to bring to you is fear? Amen. He tries to bring fear to you and he tries to say, well, you know what? If this thing don't work out, what are you going to do? You've told people that God said this. You've declared this. That's what he does to me all the time. You idiot. You stood up and you declared that God was going to do this. You said that God had spoke to you and this was going to happen. And look at you. Just look at you. That's what he does. Now what are you going to do? Now what are you going to say? How you feel now? You got up and told everybody that this was going to happen by this date or that this was going to take place. And now if it's not happening, when everything starts going the opposite of what God said to you, the first thing that comes is fear tries to come into your mind. Am I right? But we've got to hear the word of the Lord that says, do not fear. Because fear. Come on. What is, what is fear right now? Come on, come over here and sing it. Come on. I only know the chorus. We'll sing that part. Come on. Say it like a minute. Should I sing it or say sing it? it. <laughs> Fear, he is the liar. That's all it says. I know, but you gotta That's sing it with some emotion. Come on. Fear, he is a liar. That's right. That's right. Come on, somebody. That's what fear is. The Bible says that God has not given you a spirit of fear. So spirit, fear is a spirit and it didn't come from God. So if it didn't come from God and it's a spirit, what do we do with evil spirits? We just heard right there what happens. What do we do with evil spirits? We cast them. Come on, somebody say out like you mean it. We cast them. Oh, yeah. We cast them out. And so I'm telling you today, if God has told you something, God has spoken something over your life and you haven't seen it come to pass yet. Matter of fact, you've seen the opposite take place and fear is trying to creep up in you. Fear of the unknown, fear of what you're going to look like, fear of what happens if it don't go right. Then you need to cast it out in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen to that. He said, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day. Now, here's the powerful part. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God. So the way that we receive from God, the way that prayers are answered is we get rid of fear and then we set our heart to understand. We set our heart. Sometimes the biggest battle is between your head and your heart. How many know that to be true? You believe something in your heart. And I know what God said to me. I mean, Sade, God has told you some things. God has promised you some things. And you say, well, I ain't seen half of them come to pass yet. And you know what? That could get you discouraged. But you believe in your heart, but then your head starts getting in the way. 
And there's that battle between your head and your heart. But you've got to set your heart to understand. And say, I'm setting this like concrete. I'm setting it in concrete and I'm going to let it go. We made jello the other day. The girls had some, uh, some sinus issues and, and they were, had drainage in their throat. And my throat hurts. And so, you know, mom had to make jello. Now, how many know when you make jello in the house with a seven year old and an eight year old, how many know that is the longest two hours known to man? Because every five to eight minutes, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Can I have some? Let me check. Is it done yet? Is it done yet? And they open up. No, it ain't done. Is it done yet? How come I can't have it? Mommy said I can't. It's not done yet. Because you have to let it. Oh, yeah. Somebody just said that. You have to let it set. And once it sets, it's done. And nothing's going to make it unset. Once it sets, it's done. And that's what it is. You have to set your heart. You have to wait till that thing gets down inside of you. And you know that you believe you receive it right then when you pray. And you have to say, my heart is set on you, God. My heart is set on your word. My heart is set in faith that I'm not moving. I believe what you said. And when you do that... That is a step towards believing from God. Get rid of fear. He said, from the moment your heart was set to understand and humble yourself before God. God, I'm humble before you. If you don't do it, it ain't going to get done. I've tried to do it on my own and it didn't work. I've just messed it up. I don't know about you, but when I get my hands into something, usually I mess it up. I try to fix it, but I mess it up. And you have to say, I'm humble before you. Lord, I believe that you're going to do it. I believe that you can do it. And this is what happened. It says, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. Somebody say, praise God. And I have come because of your faith. I've come because of your church membership. Come on, I've come because of your words. That's right. I've come because of your words. And that's the power. Come on, if a four-year-old can get it, how many know we all can get it? It says, I've come because of your words. That's why it's so important that we put a guard on what we say. We can cancel out our faith. We can cancel out the promise of God by letting our mouth run crazy. We put our mouth on things that we shouldn't in the first place. We begin talking, and I'm guilty as, the, as anybody of, of saying things that I know I shouldn't say. Speaking fear, doubt, and unbelief over a situation that God has caused me to stand in faith about. Something that I have set my heart in faith, but then all of a sudden, just because I see something, just because I feel something, I start speaking, oh, well, you know, what this is, pro and this is what I always say, oh, it's probably going to be this. It's probably going to be that. Oh, probably this will happen. Jokingly, sometimes I say it joking. Most of the time it's a joke. But the Bible warns us, of course, jesting and joking. And making sure that we put a, a guard on what we say. Are you getting something today? And he says this, I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. 
And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And here he was. He was sent. God heard you. The moment you prayed, God said, yep, let's do it. Go. Go to him and help him. The moment, because of your words, because you set your heart to believe, because you understood, the moment you said that, boom, God said, yep, I did it. It's already done. Go tell him. I believe that's what God said. I believe this. Now, I don't have Bible to, to back this up, but I believe, and normally, you know, you don't hear me say I believe or my, my feeling, but this is it. I believe what God sent the messenger to say was, Daniel, guess what? I've already done that. It's already taken care of. Come on, somebody. It's already done. Guess what? Jesus is going to die on a cross, and he's going to seal that thing once and for all. But you know what? It's already in my heart. It's already in my heart to answer this prayer that you have. It's already done. But you know what? The enemy tries everything he can to stop us from getting that word. And the same thing is happening in your life and my life today. That as soon as God, we ask God for something, as soon as we believe we receive, the answer's on the way. But you know what happens? There's warfare in the heavenlies. The enemy is trying to stop it. I put this on Facebook the other day, and it was powerful, and I believe it. I said, sometimes I believe the devil believes the word of the Lord for our life more than we do. Why would the king and the prince of Persia try to stop the answer from coming? Because he knew that if he got that answer, that he was going to take off. And so he stopped that answer from coming. He fought, but he was defeated. And we believe that what was going on, that's a whole other message of what was going on in the heavenlies for that 21 days. But I'm telling you, God wants you to know that as soon as you pray something, if you believe you receive, you shall have it. Come on, somebody. And many times there's a warfare in the heavenlies or God has to work on some things. Maybe God's working on some situations to make that come to pass. Maybe God's moving on some other people's heart because he's going to use them. He's going to bring a, a truck, a canoe, a helicopter. Maybe somebody else is going to be that thing for your life that's going to help answer that prayer. And he's got to work on them. You guys have all heard my story about different things of how I got here and different things. But God used so many different people people in that story to make it a miracle so when I prayed originally and said God you got to do something I believe when I spoke out that that was going to be a year of divine favor and God was going to do great and mighty things and then all hell broke loose God began working on people's heart to make it come to pass come on somebody and right now in the midst of your believing and right now in the midst of your praying in the midst of you standing God is working on some hearts there's a war in the heavenlies right now and if you will not give up and if you will hold on and believe that the moment you prayed it and the moment you believed it and received it and set it in your heart and understood it and humbled yourself that God sent the answer then you will receive it if you don't give up somebody say amen to that you've got to believe in faith and not doubt I'm almost done here Mark eleven twenty three and 24 most famous faith passage there is. Verse 20, 
22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says, whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. When are you supposed to believe you receive? When you pray. Not when it comes to pass. Not when you, that Powerball ticket matures and you, and you got that. And I, and I know you're going to give it to the church, right? That's what everybody always says. Oh, pastor, if I, if I win the millions, I'm going to come and I'm going to bless the church. Yeah, right. They, win the, they hit the Powerball, we never see them again. A distant memory. But I tell you what. We've got to believe in faith and not doubt. And you've got to do that. You've got to just say, God, I believe that I receive and I'm not doubting. I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to keep that right there. I'm not going to be moved by that. I believe I receive it when I pray. And sometimes that's the hardest thing in the world is to get a hold of that right then. Is to pray in faith. Believe you receive. Now we can say it. We can go through the motions. We can say we believe it. We're ready. We can, we can get up from praying and believe that God's going to send the answer. But is your heart set to understand? Have you allowed that to set? And sometimes that's going through. When that jello is setting, it has to be in the cold. And sometimes you have to go through a cold time. You have to go through an alone time. You have to go through a time where things are being tested. And I want you to know, if you allow that to happen, God is going to set that in your heart. And he's going to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. And I know that there's many of you here today that you've been believing God for something. And and you haven't seen it come to pass yet. But I'm telling you, don't give up. Hold on. And then... You say, well, what do I do in the meantime? What do I do? How do I get through the waiting? It's easier said than done. How many are there right now? How do I get through the waiting? Yeah. I know what I've heard. I know what I'm supposed to do. But how do I make it? Because I want to give up. I want to curse my crisis. I want to say something that counteracts this because every time I turn around it seems like I have opportunity to say something negative how many know that when you set your mind not to speak negative not to speak fear doubt and unbelief it seems like every day you have an opportunity to do that don't you and this is how you do it this is how you do it at least in my life this is this is what I've seen Jude chapter 7 or Jude 17 Jude 17 through 20 says, but you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ said. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. How many know that is today? That is right now. I mean, if you turn on the television, what is going on? In the last days, which is now, there's scoffers. That means people that are making fun, people that are twisting things, people that are trying to get you off base. 
whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. I don't, I don't like to get into current events and that kind of stuff, but we were doing homework with our girls the other night and helping Addie with math. And I tell you what, she's in second grade. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm pretty smart. <laughs> I made it through high school. I graduated. I, I got my, my diploma. I went to college. Come on, I went to a lot of college. Huh? Arena's, well, Addie's too the other day. You were helping Addie. And Arena's math, uh, so second and third grade. And I used to help kids with their homework all the time. I'm like, I thought I'm pretty sharp. I'm looking at this stuff today and I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm just like, why in the world? What is this? When we were in school, it was 10 minus 7, a line, and you put 3 on there. Right? Is that right? <laughs> and, and you're like, that's how you did it. But today, they're like, no, we don't do it like that anymore, Dad. What do you mean you don't do it like that anymore? How do you do it? Well, you got to draw these pictures. You got to put these lines down and hash marks. And then you got to find how many 20s and 10s. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then you got to put some multiplication in there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? I mean, it is the most ridiculous thing to get the same answer that we've gotten for a hundred years, now all of a sudden this new math, you got to do all these new things to get the same answer, and it tells you right there, even though this answer is this, but now show this and get the same answer. And I'm like, what in the world? And it hit me right there, right in my kitchen. We were talking, and you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to show you a different way to get the same answer that doesn't make sense now hear me they're saying if they can show you in school even in math that here is a different way that doesn't make sense but it's going to get you the same results somebody's going to get where i'm going here in a minute then they can get you to believe that if, they, if you believe it in math right here, and we show you that it's okay to do something that's totally wrong and totally different, and it gets the same result, then we can infiltrate your mind and tell you that other things that are wrong, and we're doing it a different way than we've been told, but we can get the same results. Now, I know there's some young ears in here today, but you know where they're going with that. They're saying, oh, before it took a mommy and a daddy to equal baby. Today, in this new math, you can have daddy and daddy and equal baby. Or you can have mommy and mommy and equal baby. Come on, the devil is a liar. Are you following me? If they can get you to think that this is how you've always heard to get this quotient or to get this sum. But now we're going to teach you a different way that shows you how to get the same thing. It don't really work. But if we say it works, then it works. Are you following me? 
And then they can infiltrate. And it says right here, their purpose is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. But you, dear friends, how do you stay in faith when the world is going the opposite way? How do you stay in faith when everything is contradictory to what God has said to you? How do you stay in faith? How do you believe and not speak the wrong thing? Build each other up in your most holy faith by praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes all we can do is pray in the Holy Ghost. You know what I do when I take my kids to school? I'm praying in the Holy Ghost the whole way. I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over them. Every morning, what do we pray? When I, when I pray, lot, what do I say? Which part? Uh, the whole thing. What do I pray? About the armor and being ahead and not beneath and the head and not the tail. Yeah, leaders and not followers. You protect your mind, body, and soul. Yeah, and we, we, we pray over them every day the same thing. And I pray that God is going to protect them, that God is going to use them. We, we put on the armor of God in the car. I make them do it. I make them helmet on. I make them put the breastplate. I make them put on the belt of truth. And we do that because the enemy is out there. And then I pray in the Holy Ghost the whole way. And then after I drop them off, I pray in the spirit because I know that there's an attack against my children's mind, body, and their spirit. There's an attack against the word of the Lord because God has spoken to me and their mother and said, this is how they're going to live. This is what they're going to do. This is who they're going to be. But the world doesn't like it. The devil hates it. And he's attacking it but I'm telling you I'm standing up in the faith that God gave me and I believe I receive when I pray it and when I pray in the spirit it stops me from saying negative things and I'm telling you over your situation where you're at today you say how do I stay in faith how do I stop declaring these negative things how do I stop talking fear doubt and unbelief keep praying in the spirit Pray in the Holy Ghost. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I challenge you to seek God. Ask God to fill you. He gives you that wonderful prayer language that's between you and Him. And when you pray in other tongues, what you're doing is you're building yourself up on your most holy faith. And when the trials come, instead of being moved by what you see and what you feel, you're going to be moved by faith in the Son of God. I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. And today, I want to challenge you to ask God to be the one that can help us. Holy Spirit, we need your help today. We believe. We know that you're able. And just like you said to this Father, if you can believe because all things are possible to him who believes.